0: He needs to be corrected if you don't mind me saying so. He needs a good talking to, and perhaps a bit more. My own girls, sir, didn't care for the air we look at first. One of them actually stole a pack of my matches and tried to burn it down. I corrected them. I corrected them most harshly, and when my wife tried to stop me from doing my duty, I corrected her. Hello and welcome, I'm Douglas Bowles and this is 42 Minutes, a weekly conversation with the interesting artists and thinkers of our day, a production of SyncBook Radio and distributed by by thesyncbook.com. You can find our archives at 42minutes.com and you can reach us by sending a message to mail at 42minutes.com. You can also follow our tweets at Sync42 and at SyncBook. It's Monday, May 15th, happy birthday Brian, and today we are headed back to Sidewinder to take a trip up the mountain, this time with the individuals behind the Psychedelic Sync Cinema. On Tuesday, May 23rd in Chicago, Paul Wendell Obis will be presenting John Phil Ryan's The Shining Forward and Backward at the Out of Space at 10pm. This is located in the world physically at 6840 32nd Street in Bruin, Illinois. Naturally, we will link to the event as well as everyone's pertinent information. We we first met Paul back on episode 172 in 2015 and hosted John last spring. Are you a SyncBook Plus member? Maybe it's time? This way you can access both those shows in hundreds of hours of synchronicity. Go to thesyncbook.com slash membership. It's always fun to host an event show. How are you guys doing this morning, aside from our technical glitches?
1: I'm just fine now. Likewise.
0: Excellent. Okay, so let's let's start with Paul and, and figure out what is the psychedelic sync cinema and where did you get this idea from
1: well it was um, it was inspired kind of by sync book itself um, where uh, when I kind of dug more into um, synchronicity and um, magic and such I um, started to naturally kind of wanted to share with people that I that I like and strangers and um, you know, if you do that at the bar too often, people will start to think you're you're a little odd. So I thought, you know, like, what's the most common ground way, like a very practical way that people figure this out? And that's um, dark side of the dark side of Oz, which is of course dark side of the moon with uh, Wizard of Oz. So we did a screening of that, and like people showed up. I was at, at out of space. I was kind of I was kind of surprised that people actually like came like they out like they did so um you know that's kind of a popular one but then we did a sneak attack afterwards after that was done we did um a suggestion by uh david charles plate which was to do um the holy mountain with antichrist superstar by marilyn manson so we played that afterwards and the effect that that had once they had been primed kind of with uh you know, getting used to the weirdness with um, Dark Side of Oz, then we hit with that, and people were falling off their chairs laughing, and it was just like you had dosed the punch, and it had all just kicked in all at once. And were—I my friend from grade school, which I didn't even ever think that he would, you know, entertain this for a second, he was laughing so hard when Holy Mountain started because it was such a shock to the system that, like, he couldn't breathe for a few minutes because it was all just so... You know, polarizing, just so crazy. Um, so, was so. this
0: something you advertised for and then charged, or was this more of a spontaneous thing that the first time?
1: It was kind of, it was, it was. Uh, we advertised it a bit. Uh, SyncBook shared it, um, and then uh, we don't charge. We don't charge anything. Like there might be a uh, you know a bucket at the front door where you can put a few bucks in if you want to see. You know, more stuff like this, because obviously it takes money to keep the lights on. And Out of Space has been really cool about letting us do weird stuff, (laughs) funny stuff over there. So we want to, you know, encourage them to keep letting us do weird and wonderful things.
0: And is this set up more like a theater space or is it kind of like a bar TV? Could you describe the, the room a little bit?
1: Well, the Outer Space is a fitting name because it is, like, you go in there and it's weird. It looks like uh, it's definitely an art space. It has a bar. Uh, There will be drinks for sale um, because some people would sell their soul for a beer, you know. And um, so there's a bar, and then there's a big screen and a high-def projector. And so is that
0: on the other end of the room from the bar? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Then do you so, set up chairs or are there couches or how how is the the ambiance in in terms of like a watching a movie? I guess it's
1: um a table like those bar tables, the round ones, and then um like chairs around there, so you can kind of sit with your friends. But it's communal. There's a couple couches. It's it's like it's pretty much the definition of a, what you'd think of like kind of an a art house, you know. Space. It's, it's, um, but it's comfortable and and it really worked. Um, I know the funny thing with, um, doing sync with albums to music, um, no, sorry, uh, music to movies is that, um, you know, there's a concentration level you have to keep up in the room, um, because you don't want people to start chit chatting or whatever. Uh, but this room held together last time. Like, no, but everybody was really respectful and really into, really into, um, you know the, the experience of watching Dark Side of Oz. Um, so yeah, it was good. It worked. It worked really well.
0: Well, that's that's kind of funny because so in Olympia, that was the problem we were having, where the the question is what? How does the room behave when you have one of David's creations on screen, and whether or not people who are trained to see synchronicities or things that they recognize as um, novelty whether or not they're going to want to try and comment on those to one's neighbor. Cause it's just what we do is share this yeah. kind of stuff. And so some of the folks, I mean, David, it was shushing people at, uh-huh. at some point cause you know, for him, this is, you know, this is art and you, you wouldn't but, go to an opera and start talking.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a good point by, and the thing is, is like, Uh, the, um, (laughs) the thing is, is by the Holy mountain people couldn't help. I think it makes them uncomfortable. Um, and that's also makes you want to kind of turn to your neighbor and, you know, express, you know, and get it off your chest. So there was people, it kind of broke up a little bit during that, but that's such a, um, just such a bulldozer to, um, your senses that like people were still tuned in and kind of the back room could be a little scared. And I expected that, um, and, you know, they, but everybody, everybody's pretty cool. Berwin is actually a pretty, it's, um, you know, it's, it's artists, it's, um, musicians come out to this thing and filmmakers and stuff. So, uh, everybody gets it. You know, it's not, it's not, it's definitely not, I wouldn't call it a bar. And I wouldn't do this at a bar because that would be asking for trouble.
0: How many people were there last time, do you think? Probably about 12. Okay. 12 to 15, something like that. Cool. And then how far from, chicago proper would you say this i was saying bruin but there was some dyslexia there <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: it's berwin uh and berwin's famous for like they had a tv show every saturday night broadcast from there called spengooly that would show horror movies it's got a lot of horror themed things like a lot um and uh it's close to chicago it's um just on the other side of the street really but chicago's just so enormous that that doesn't really mean anything that you just saying something's in chicago even if it is you have no you know you could be an hour away from it while you're still in chicago but it's it'll be worth coming out for uh it's a really cool room um fun there's a um uh a few really nice nice artisty bars near it that everybody loves with good food and good times so it's it's a it's a town worth checking out and it's on the up and up so
0: and then, in terms of like the larger sink community i i wonder i know I wonder who is kind of in the that neck of the woods who would be close enough in the west taking a two to three hour trip for something is not a very big deal right. But would you guys say that that's the case out in that part of the world? That with things more compressed, it's like two hours. Oh my gosh, that's a monumental journey.
1: Right. It depends. Um, I mean, I'll go there, you know, that we have like outdoor theaters here that'll do, um, you know, awesome horror movie nights. I just saw uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre with. living dead 2 and stuff. And I'll, 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 I'll drive two hours out to, you know, some outdoor County for that. And it, it just makes the whole thing a little more special. This is, um, Chicago has got a great train and bus system. So, um, I'm not, I'll look up what the closest train uh, is and put that on the Facebook event. Um, so yeah, uh, I know, um, this, this, this one in particular was, uh, well, William John's idea or Bill Klaus, however you know him best. Um, and that—that's a funny story of how this actually came together.
0: Well, I probably you should tell it. I guess so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, Bill messaged me. He said, um, "John fell Ryan wants to do a Chicago screening of uh, uh, *The Shining*, forwards and backwards." And this is something like—it's—it's—it is kind of like I have a friend that definitely watched it and changed his profile picture. Like this thing's bigger. I'm trying to determine how big this thing is. Um, uh, it's weirder than the Oz idea, but, like, people are responsive to it, which is just telling you how kind of funny the world is getting where it's like, oh, of course you'd watch it forwards and backwards on top. What else are you going to do on a Tuesday night? But Bill, <clears throat> Bill contacted me. He goes, we want to do the Chicago screening. So I'm like, all right, let me see about Out of Space. And I, like, just Googled The Shining for some reason, not that I didn't think I'd get anything from that. But I was like, oh, my God, May 23rd is the uh, is the day it came out in 1980 in uh, into theaters. Uh, it's large release. So I was like, all right, that, that's that's 37 years ago. So it's the 23rd, uh, May 23rd, and it's the 30, uh, 37th anniversary, which puts a big old fat 237 on it, um, <laughs> which got me excited. And I was like, I-, I think this is meant to happen. And I called Aaron. I'm like, is Out of Space open? And he's like, well, we're doing a nude modeling session until 10. I'm like, that sounds perfect. Can we do it right after yeah. that? He's like, yes. Do it right in the middle of it. <laughs> right. I was like, so here's the deal. I'm going to show up at 8 and watch the session and then watch the Shining forwards and backwards.
0: A nude modeling uh, session? What?
1: Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think there's... Right, live model weird. art class. Live model art class. <laughs> $8 Eight dollars is a classic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, it, uh, that's how it all kind of... Which is the funny thing where, like, you know, once you start... If you want to throw a sync event, it will start getting weird, like, instantly. You know, like, you'll start yeah. seeing the connections, like... It's just like you know, dominoes, you know. It really is. It's just so... So very. So it was fun. the
2: same. It was the same thing with the uh, room two three seven premiere. Like it, the room two seven premiere was at the Egyptian Theater on the Sidewinder. Oh my God! That's <laughs> you, you can't
1: plan like, that, you know. It's
2: no, no. Rodney was just like, maybe there's something to what you guys are up to. <laughs> 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 I was like, it's only get weirder. <laughs> You're screwing, pal.
0: <laughs> yeah, the movie 42 was premiering at that same time, and so this 42 was everywhere because of that movie was premiering at the same time. Oh, I know. Here's a question for you, John. So I, I'm not sure what does... The, I've seen in the movie Room 237 how this looks, but what does the soundtrack do? Is it is a blending of the soundtrack, or is it no soundtrack at all? It, on your your creation
2: the the one the copy that you have which is the one that we premiered at the spectacle theater which is probably a similar situation to the out of space you know like a art mm-hmm. little art space that where like you know 20 people would max it out you know. but we maxed it out and uh we played we played the image forth and backwards synced we had to decide on the, on the start point. Like, where does this movie start? Does it start, it's a leader? Does it end at the, when the credits turn off? Like, so we decided to, to just go with the image, the actual film image. So it starts when the, you know, the, that first image of the lake and it ends when the, uh, when the, when uh, the, Date at the end fade. Yeah,
1: I noticed. The, we, um, use,
2: we use the we use the forward soundtrack, but we've done versions where we have the backward soundtrack in, and I would fade it in and out and dub it out a little bit, a little bit more of a performance thing. But I'm I'm thinking now it might be interesting to hear the backwards sound with the forward sound.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh,
2: I think I think the world's ready.
1: <laughs> People have been asking. That's a very uh, popular question. They're like, "What's the?" I've gotten at least five. Like, so what does the sound do? And I'm like, I think that just plays forward. Like, but I, yeah, I was thinking in the future though. Like,
2: I just play with the forward sound just so you can have at least something to hold on to. Right, right.
1: But maybe
2: it's t- but maybe it's time to let go and just go right and see this. Of listening I'm mean, listening to like two and a half hour movies like back <laughs> <laughs> how,
0: how did you conceive of this you know what was the circumstances that you you know, just tell us the history of this idea John well
2: i I was working in research, so I had this job where I was just supposed to like watch basically watching videos all day long and taking notes. And so, like, doing your own internet research at work was just sort of part of it. But let, let's say my research just like got weirder and weirder. So I fell into the it fell into the world of like, Shining zero. Then you know it was, it was uh, the mastermind and Julie Curran and and uh, the wrong wrong way wizard, you know, R.I.P so I was I was thinking about the shining and like making maps and kind of doing doing kind of preliminary research into the film and um, I was like trying to figure out figure out like what if there were symmetries in the in the in the film like temp, temporal symmetries like I would see things that would repeat and I was like I wonder if they are like this film's like, what happened if you mirrored it? Like, are things matched up in the symmetry? And I tried it out, and sure enough, they <laughs> were. <laughs> so I was like, I was like kind of blown away. I was like, I very consciously, I was like, oh, my God, this is like inventing the dark side of the moon. Thing. This is crazy. And I showed it. When, when I made it, I made it, I didn't have any editing skills at the time. So when I made it, I made it in conjunction with the Spectral theater. Cause I was of course rapping about the shining to all my like cool Bohemian friends. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we were getting all, all excited about it. And my friends at the Spectral theater were, were like, Hey, you ever want to do something here? Like, and I was like, I want to screen the Shining forwards and backwards at the same time. Simultaneously superimposed. So, Akiva Saunders, who is a, the projectionist and kind of tech wizard there, and I got together and made the, made the initial file. But it was all with, like, serious conversations about, you know, what is this? What are we doing?
0: Well, exactly, because for a long time I was thinking... I was trying to express or communicate the zeitgeist, which to me was this all connected simultaneity, and it's like how do you how do you express that? And then in the movie Room Two Three Seven, it seemed like that was the big mind blower. It's like, oh yes, of course, here it is. It's like, <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh yeah, and I got a lot of heat from it, you know.
0: <laughs> really?
2: Because the the other the other coincidence is I ended up. When I made the recording, I was in, in New York, but I had—we were—we were planning on moving, and then we moved to to Los Angeles. That the the, the a few months after making the making the two three seven recording, so we ended up like right in uh, like all the filmmakers' last. <laughs> it became this kind of like uh, doubtful guest type character.
0: <laughs> is that because I think I've heard you say this that their what they're doing is more logical? It's like, and you can really like make a a pitch from what what their theory is in a few words. But your what, you,
2: what do you mean by they? I'm all sorry, all the various they?
0: all the various filmmakers involved in two three seven. Oh
2: yeah. Well, they they just it was just I think it was similar. So just the process I came. I mean, they they were like thinking about making this documentary about The Shining, and they 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 were kind of on the same wavelength as I was, you know, like oh wait, what oh what is There's all this stuff about The Shining. What's going on? And then after like the like the you know out of nowhere popularity of it, and it was popular. I mean that movie was everyone saw it. My parents thought, <laughs> uh, but then, then the weirdness, the weirdness happened. Like it was like, recognized that, that there was something to it, and that something is the Shining. Shining is like, it's a magical object. It's a curse. It's like a cursed object. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like it, it's an actual magical spell. So like, if you see it once, you know, never be the same again it a hundred times you know it's
1: just like that the cool meme kind of <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs>
1: you can see the meme on the facebook event page
2: <laughs> yeah i but have I, a, I it when i was talk, talking to rodney i was likened it to a magnet i was like all right there's this here's this magnet and it's gonna affect it's gonna affect you if you get it. You know, if you get near it
0: well, so then, do you have any relationship to Stephen King's *The Shining*, or do you think the magic happens at in Stanley Kubrick's translation to the screen?
2: Well, Stephen King is like he's also like like someone who permeates culture. Like everyone knows, him. everyone reads you, and he's uh, he's like a schoolyard storyteller. Like he he tells stories that get told, be told. Like I remember, just sitting at a campfire at some YMCA, that thing, and the kids would just tell the plots of horror movies. <laughs> right. Because <laughs> it was pre pre you know pre VCR pre everything you know. Like you saw a movie and then you had to tell someone about it. Right. Or you read a book and you had to tell someone about that. Yeah. So that's that's the world that Stephen King is coming from. Yeah, you know, it's more of a folk folk level. But Kubrick, Kubrick has an eye on, on folk, I mean, his, his line, his line to, uh, I think it's recounted by his wife, was that uh, he liked to get asses in his feet. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: I got a question uh, for you, John, um, and it just occurred to me the other night, and I don't know if this is like too on the nose or something that's so obvious that <clears throat> it's silly to ask. <laughs> But um, like so, I'd say if there's a keyword to The Shining, obviously one of the major ones, if not the biggest one, is Red Room, which of course works forwards and backwards, and that's the whole uh, MacGuffin of that word is you know like and the mirroring reveals that it's actually murder. Did that was that something you thought about before you did this or at any time?
2: Yeah. Oh, absolutely, because I was cataloging mirrors
1: in Right. Okay.
2: It's mirrors and doubles. But you know, to. at the time, I was also like, like I, did, I, I was kind of. It was in the palindromes. I was uh, discovered. I had a kind of knack for making palindromes, and would and could edit, you know, make a palindrome based on someone's name in like five minutes. You know, palindromes yes. they'd go on for pages. Hmm. So hmm. I was, I was always thinking about things forwards backwards. backwards.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, about the King permeation, it's crazy just now, like, you know, there's an It movie coming out and a gunslinger, whatever, like, he's just, it's just nonstop, you know, how much of our lives have been spent listening to his stories, you know, from, uh, you know, Stand By Me to, you know, this, and um, it just never ends, though. They just keep remaking them and redoing them and doing more and more and more, you know, it's... um where other people have kind of... I don't know if there's any author that's had as many. And then, you know, Philip K. Dick is still still out there. He's got a sequel to uh, Blade Runner coming out. And, I mean, like, I just wonder what he would think of that, what he would make of all that, or what Kubrick would make of people watching the Shining forwards and Backwards, you know? Oh,
2: you know Kubrick would love it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he wouldn't say so, but, you know, he...
1: Right, he'd appreciate like, I
2: it. I love the stories about his stationery store, like,
3: obsession.
1: <laughs> What's the stationery store?
2: He was, he, he loved stationery.
1: So oh. was always always seen at stationery store. I <laughs> love <laughs> the stories of him and King together are always really funny. Um, like, he got a call. Oh, like, the midnight calls. Yeah. yeah. Oh, what was that like? He what did Kubrick ask him? Uh, do, something about like,
2: do you think that ghost stories are positive because it, it proves that there's an afterlife?
1: Right. <laughs> yeah, and then he was like, I don't believe there is an afterlife, and he like hung up on him. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that's so funny.
2: Yeah that. It's that's the folk stuff.
1: Right, the bug stuff, or the uh, you know the Altoid can story, yeah. where uh, he he came up to um, Co- uh, King came up to Kubrick on the set and he was talking to him and um, he was smoke uh, Stanley was smoking a cigarette and he said he just watched him like smoke this cigarette like with just an intensity he'd never seen anybody consume anything like else before it. <laughs> And it, he smoked it down to the nub and rolled it into a ball in his fingers and then pulled out an Altoids can and put the ball in there where there was like 20 other little balls of... Uh,
2: so he wouldn't litter. <laughs>
1: I love it. <laughs> you know,
2: it's, yeah. that, it's, the, it's the marrying of uh, conscientiousness with uh, technical specialization. Yeah. So, but also Sunday carpentry. I mean, you did Altoids on it. Seriously strong. In fact, I'm holding the one right now. It's weird, just as you said, Altoids, it's like I stopped in front of this box. Altoids
0: I'll do it right now. Wow. Something that I've never thought of until just now as you were talking is there's also this interesting if you think of uh the major arcana of the tarot as kind of this hero's journey that takes place both in in the in the world and the underworld, there's this kind of above and below relationship um it it seems like yeah, the shining does that same thing so when you when you superimpose it so this is the both the it's the positive and you know it's like this both as above so below journey that happens simultaneous and you get kind yeah,
2: of yeah well you're seeing you're seeing the fall occur into a mirror so you're seeing as you, as as he's falling, you're seeing you're seeing the uh, the the ultimate, you know, his direction. Yeah. So I mean, you're you're when you watch both of them, your mind will order it in in uh, in some narrative fashion until until the middle point when it gets when things get when there's like an alternating uh, repetition of like uh, color fields when you get close to the red and green roofs, then uh, that's where, like, you're, like, it doesn't matter what, what this stuff means. It's just straight beautiful, like all these... Like where uh, Jack and Delbert will be, like, masked with the windows. And it adds this, like, an additional kind of whole culture uh, element to it. it amplifies, like, Punch and Judy elements
1: at work <laughs> i'm like i'm so excited to see this and um I, I started watching it and like i was like i can't i started watching it but then i stopped because i was getting like way pulled into it and i thought it'd be fun to s- witness it for the first time with everybody next tuesday on yeah the yeah um but like it, it's, it's
2: striking more fun up. it's more fun with people around because because it, it's of course. Tell like, you like totally the, you album Tell the you truth, it totally cleared out um, Grauman's Chinese screen there. Wow. You know, like uh, the big theater with the classic pagodas outside. Course, the one in
0: yeah. Hollywood where they do the screenings?
2: Yeah, that's where uh, Room 237 had its uh, Hollywood premiere.
1: And you say it cleared AFI out fest. like
2: yeah, well well the projectionist there had like made his own copy with like a of the forwards backwards uh thing with uh like a cinema quality uh digital file, like mm-hmm. So the thing looked insane. It looked amazing. Wow. But it was done as a surprise after the screening of room Fuse seven. And so I'm sure people were like, I, I don't know if I can stick around for another three hours yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was good to good to clear a room, you know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, being in noise, being a noise man. Yeah, right. you're into it.
0: Forty-two <laughs> minutes has a book club, and so our winter book that we chose was *The Shining*. And one of the interesting synchronicity points that arose from that was the relevance that the book had to our current moment. What about that? Do you think this movie has any relevancy to our? current political situation or does it transcend
2: more I would say genetic situation I mean I I, the reason I noted in my in my uh, research that uh, that uh, now is the time that Danny if if we dig you know Danny, the, act, the actor that played Danny, is about the age now that Jack Nicholson was when he made The Shining. And there's this cool thing with their their uh, their birthdays. Uh, Jack Nicholson was born in 1937, and Danny Lloyd was born in 1973, so three yeah, seven in hmm. And the fact that they both have you know? They both play parts with, with their own first name.
1: Yeah. The,
2: the so person- there's there that that's an intense spell. Like there's here's a, here's this reversal thing. It's got the numbers, the magic number in the film, and it's done with real people.
0: <laughs> yeah. A Real
2: real coincidence. It's like a real coincidence. So now is it is the time when. The question now is the time for the resolution of the tale of Danny. So, is in the repetition implied by the film, Danny will become his father, will be the same, and will be haunted by this ghost? Did Danny escape the loop? Uh, I haven't read Doctor Sleep. You know. <laughs> I, I read it that easy.
1: you can you could probably skip it. I don't know. It's fun, but um, i w
2: I'll read King. I'll read King, like, but I gotta be on vacation, man. I gotta be at the beach.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like eating a candy bar, you know. It's like all right. Uh, <laughs> yeah, once you give me <laughs> Uh I wanted to just say like the thing about um someone, you know, at least to um the current presidency is somebody um through the shining, like um you know who's you know the um a thing with Jack Nicholson is like the nut taking over the nut house. He says something about that in like Batman, um, in yeah, Cougars Nest, and in this. It's kind yeah. of like the inmates taking over the you know being in charge and it doesn't end well. <laughs> you know, like,
2: yeah, oh I, I'm a big fan of Five
1: East <laughs> Oh yeah, that's a great one too.
2: Yeah, but oh, it's like Jack just like a. He's just acting out, acting like the same crazy old person.
1: Yeah. So we definitely have the crazy person watching, watching the house.
2: It's, it's just Jack Nicholson's character. I mean,
1: he's just he's just himself.
2: Yeah,
1: just Jack.
2: Anyone would think. Yeah.
0: Jack.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: So then, can Danny escape the loop? Does he become his father? Is is there hope for the Overlook, or does is it is it, you know, uh, a haunted house stuck in time?
2: Well, I don't
1: I mean. Well, have
2: have, there has to be a reckoning. What
1: What did you ever think of the uh, the the end alternate ending to The Shining, the film that uh, Kubrick had cut out
2: well, yeah, and shipped like, back? To him? I couldn't. So many, so many of like like acquaintances and distant people were sending me this article about that all sort of ending in the shine like, all at once, like two months ago. I was like, yeah, guys, stop it. Like, I, I either know this or don't. Care. <laughs> and it was all of this one scene. And it just seemed like, I don't know it's this throwaway hospital scene, like that last day in Psycho. Mm.
0: No, no so what is the what is the ending? I mean, so what is this what is this article? Oh, the Yeah, oh,
2: no, it, was, it was like a it was in-between scene where um uh Wendy is in the Wendy and Danny are in the hospital Wendy's recovering from you know, and uh they get a visit from Allman. He shows up in this like fur coat and like uh things over and he he uh, tosses Danny uh, the yellow
1: ball. Huh. Yeah, he gives I him mean, the ball just, that rolls up to him in the hallway.
2: Yeah, so that maybe it's like, "Hey, don't worry about it." But you know, I was, <laughs> I'm part of the hotel.
0: But it, well, almost like he is too part of the hotel now. If the ball is coming out of the yeah. and the wearing the fur coat is
2: the bear. the
0: The conjecture that I made was that, like the ending in the book and the movie are so different, but part of it was. Special effects-wise, it would be really difficult to completely destroy the Overlook Hotel. Like, that would be a, a really oh. expensive movie to blow it up.
2: True. Yeah, least, uh, I mean, the funny thing is that the uh, set burns down.
1: <laughs> no shit. I didn't yeah,
2: The, the, the uh, Colorado Lounge set, you know, the really big one, uh, burned down. After they had used it, huh. and the the next the next uh, film to use that that part of the studio that studio set was uh, wait isn't the lost one? <laughs> In the Will of souls, you know, housing of the ark of the covenant. Right. <laughs> well, Which, if you, you know, bl- speaking
0: of spells, right? That's just that's kind of a face melter. <laughs> Literally speaking, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> coincidence. You know, and good uh, Nazi's face melting. I was, I was uh, a Nazi with a face with his face melted for Halloween twice, two, two, <laughs> two years in a row, like 84 row, 85. five. <laughs>
1: eighty four and eighty
2: five. Yeah, I just got a black trench coat and like put put bird makeup on my face.
1: That, that that costume would kill this Halloween, man. You'd, be, uh, you'd go out in New York City like that now. Yeah, you can't dress up like Nazis anymore. No, no. Not since, not since Prince Harry. Yeah. <laughs> not since the scandal of the British Monarch. Times, they have a change. Not. I don't really want to get into it too much, but I think that it bears uh, bringing up that was really weird seeing... Shelly Duval come up in the last couple months with that turd, Doctor Phil. Um, but you, you oh. know, it's just so shot. I had no idea who I was looking at. Like I saw it, the picture of her, and I was like, "Man, I, you know, it's like." You know,
2: I mean, I reckon, I recognize her. Mannerism.
1: I mean, there was her, but there's also others. It takes uh, a
2: minute. Other people I've met, you know, it's yeah. yeah. I mean, people go people go crazy.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, do people intimate that The Shining is part of her undoing?
2: I she th- says she says as much, and I think that uh, when she did uh, Popeye after that, I think Altman was Alderman had went on record saying that he was pissed that because uh, he thought he, he had he had wrecked, uh, wrecked Shelley as a talent and a talent that I mean he was he and Dawson. And her early films are fantastic. I mean, she was an amazing. Actress. But uh, I don't, I, I don't think that she, I don't think that she had an undoing. I mean, she, how long did she produce that fairy tale theater? The yeah, theater that was directed, after the shining, right? Starred in it and like and went on for like decades. Right? Yeah, that's so, That to me, that's impressive. That's the lifer.
1: Right. Yeah, and those 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 fairy tale theaters are amazing. If you go back now. Um, There's a, you know, like Burton did Pinocchio or Aladdin, I think. And like, there's some incredible directors and really young, young talents in there that um, you can see like Paul Rubens, Pee Wee Herman play Pinocchio. And it's just, it's a trip to watch it now. Yeah,
2: it's it's, it's that sort of, uh, I don't know, Hollywood salon party vibe Mm -hmm. that uh, I think, you know, extends from from even, you know, Jack Nicholson's 60s. Uh, yeah, Easy Rider, and that that whole that whole culture, Monterey right. Pop, you know, Monterey Pop, of band. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. But uh, la la in the sixties was, was great. I mean, like music was. I I listened to it like every single day. You know, Love and Doors, Birds.
0: Yeah. Well, as, as we run out of time on this 42 minutes, I'm curious, Paul, do you end up being the MC?
1: Yeah, more or
0: less, I was, um... Do you have to give some context for this? So, like, I just walked in off the street, I want to hang out at the Outer Space, and it's like, oh, by the way, this is happening. <laughs>
1: Well, the cool thing is, and I think part of the, uh, you know, the, the way the outer of Space works is they have interesting events there, you know, like, so if you came earlier and there's a nude model sketching thing, you know, like, you'd be like, oh, this is called the Out of Space. This is a weird, you know, hyperbole. This is like a, a crazy, era. you wouldn't go in there and like expect to see. Uh, watch the Blackhawks and get a Miller Lite. Like, that's not, <laughs> from the outside, you know that's not what you're getting on the inside. So I think you expect a certain uh, level of weirdness walking in. Um, but, uh, you know, I might make a sign or something. I, I wish that um, John could be there, uh, but it'll me and Bill Klaus will be there to, uh, as kind of, um, yeah, masters of ceremony, I guess.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm preparing a, uh, a, a mix for the pre um, pre show pre theater,
1: perfect music mix, especially Sweet. for the uh, for the show. That's awesome. So we'll do that. Hope I don't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, the word is out there. It's funny to see people share this event, and either they're like, "What the hell is this?" or they're like, "This is so cool! I can't wait to see this." Um, but it's 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 out there, and um, you know, people are ready to take the ride, and I'm excited for them. And I'm excited to see it myself.
0: Okay, well, that's next Tuesday, May 23rd, and and that was 42 Minutes. Thank you both for sharing it with us.
1: Thank you, and thanks, John, for making this awesome piece of art, and I can't wait to share it with everybody. Yeah, thanks for
0: calling,
1: and uh, I'll see you in the movie.
0: Yeah, well. You've been listening to John and Paul on 42 Minutes, production of SyncBook Radio and thesyncbook.com. For more information about both of them, we will link, as well as we'll link to the event. Also... For more information about The Sync Book, our guests, check out past shows, or to subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, please be sure and visit our website at thesyncbook.com. If you like this podcast and would like more, consider becoming a Sync Book Plus member. Some of the membership benefits include full access to the complete audio archive, discounts of books, behind-the-scenes scripts, bonus audio and video, as well as seasonal online hangouts with the hosts. All this and more can be found at thesyncbook.com. membership Thanks so much, and monsters are real. Ghosts are too. They live inside of us and sometimes they win.
3: The comedy of man starts like this. Our brains are way too big for our motherships. And so nature, she devised this alternative. We emerge half-formed and hope whoever greets us on the other end Is kind enough to fill us in And babies, that's pretty much how it's been ever since Now the miracle of birth leaves a few issues to address Like say that half of us are periodically iron deficient So somebody's gotta go kill something While I look after the kids I do it myself, but what? Are you gonna get this thing? It's milk says as soon as he gets back from the hunt we can switch it's hard not to fall in love with something so helpless ladies i hope we don't end up regretting this That's what I call pure comedy Just wait until the part Where they start to believe They're at the center of everything And some all-powerful being doubt this horror show with meaning Oh, their religion are the best They worship themselves, yet they're totally obsessed With risen zombies Celestial virgins Magic tricks These unbelievable outfits And they get terribly upset When you question their sacred texts Written by a woman hating epileptics Their languages just serve to confuse them Their hair confusion somehow makes them more sure They build fortunes poisoning their Offspring and hand out prizes when someone packed insecure. Where did they find these goons they elected to rule them? What makes these clowns they idolize so remarkable? These mammals are hell bent. On fashioning new gods So they can go on being godless animals They've no choice but to believe. Their horizons that just forever recede. And how's this for irony? Their idea of being free is a prison of beliefs that they never ever. But the only thing that they request Is something to numb the pain with Until there's nothing human left Just random matter Suspended in the dark I hate to say it But each other's all we've got